The following sermon was given on Sunday, September 9th, 2018, at St. Paul's Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. In her recently published book entitled Inspired, Slaying Giants, Walking on Water, and Loving the Bible Again, Rachel Held Evans writes this about the nature of the gospel. The good news is good for the whole world, certainly, but what makes it good varies from person to person and community to community. The gospel, she says, is like a mosaic of stories, each one part of a larger story, yet beautiful and truthful on its own. There's no formula, no blueprint. Each of our stories of encountering Christ vary from person to person. No one's story perfectly resembles that of another, and yet the truth of our stories do not negate one another. Our reading of Mark narrates two people's drastically different encounters with the singular reality of Christ. Both stories are true. Both stories are powerful. Both stories paint a fuller picture of the work of Christ in the world. Our task as those who are bystanders, eavesdroppers into these stories is to hear them, to honor them and to believe them. Because when we do this, our own stories of Christ that work in our lives become more complicated and more beautiful. Today's sermon is about that, about how hearing the good news of God in new ways fortifies our life of faith and empowers us to sing old songs in new ways as soon parts of our service will show you. So I recently stumbled upon a tweet that I sent a little over nine years ago, right after I left my first Holy Eucharist at St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. When I left church that morning, many of you know this story, I left with an overwhelming sensation that I had finally found my spiritual home. But in the months and the years leading up to that moment, I had visited countless congregations across the spectrum of Christianity, Presbyterian, non-denominational, charismatic, Pentecostal, Baptist, Roman, Catholic, and Methodist. I heard God spoken of and worshiped across a wide range of experiences and perspectives, and what I learned is twofold. God is greater than the words we use to describe God, and each of our stories and experiences of God help to paint a fuller picture of God. The problem comes when we refuse to allow ourselves to experience God's newness, when the gospel becomes a static, staid, unfeeling idol, as opposed to a living and breathing dynamic account of God's work in the world. There's this tendency 
among many to place God and God's work in a time capsule, to assume that God was best worshipped in a particular time using a particular language to the poverty of our current experiences. But this denies that God is still alive and active in our world, that the Bible stories didn't stop. God is still on the move. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a huge fan of tradition. Regular patterns of worship allow us to engage God deeply by having us revisit the same themes over and over again. The familiarity is holy. The the cadences of prayer are comforting, particularly in a time when so much of our world is changing. The book of Daniel refers to God as, and I think this is the most epic name for God, the Ancient of Days, as opposed to saying really, really old. And Psalm 90 and 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or the land and the earth were born, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Before time was, God was. Before the first sparks of light danced across the vast emptiness of space, God was. A few years ago, My family and I went on a trip to Europe, and this was my first time being overseas. I do not count going to the Bahamas on a cruise being overseas for me. (laughs) Since it was less expensive to fly into Heathrow and then take the Eurostar to Paris, my brothers and sister-in-law and I decided that it was worth doing some sightseeing in the United Kingdom for a few days. Here's the thing, and I warn my family about this. If you take an Episcopal priest to England, you will be going to church. (laughs) Especially to Canterbury. When I walked into Canterbury Cathedral for the first time and stood on those stones worn smooth with age, stones older than the oldest buildings on this continent, I was in awe. I was struck by the reality that people had been worshiping God on that spot for almost 1,500 years. Those walls had seen every major event in Western history, from the bubonic plague to the Protestant Reformation to World War II. And even that perspective pales in comparison to God from everlasting to everlasting God is God. But we should never assume that because God is from of old that God can be tamed or that we figured it all out. God is a fire, unpredictable, dynamic, and all-consuming. If our songs are to speak faithfully of God, they must be both ancient and new. They must challenge the status quo and provoke our own souls from the complacency we so long for. The man that Jesus encounters in our gospel this morning is struggling with two issues that seem to be related. He is deaf and he has a speech impediment. As children, we learn to speak because of what we hear spoken around us. And so if this man is experiencing deafness and also struggling to speak, it might be that he has been deaf 
either since birth or shortly thereafter. Being unable to hear sound, he is likewise unable to mimic and speak them. But his friends bring him to Jesus, hoping that Jesus is the one who would heal him. Jesus takes the man aside from the crowd and performs a weird, bizarre ritual on him before reciting this word, Ephatha, an Aramaic word that means be opened. Immediately, the Bible says, the man's ears were opened and his tongue released. Jesus tells him to tell no one what has happened. He's trying to keep this secret, but the more that he tells this man to say nothing, the more this man is incapable of keeping this secret. He can't keep to himself what he has experienced of Christ. He becomes an evangelist. He came to Jesus as one unable to speak or hear, and he left as one incapable of not praising God. Even the crowd around remark, he does everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Dear friends, each of us is that man. And Jesus comes to unstop our ears and to untangle our tongues. Each of us comes to Jesus unable to hear and incapable of speech. All we can do is mimic the language of the world around us. Fear, anger, bigotry, violence, lying, and deceit. But Jesus comes to give us a new song, one of hope and joy and faith and abundance and grace and love. As Christians, we hear the gospel, the great deeds of God proclaimed week in and week out, not because God is verbose, but because by doing so, by regularly encountering the word of God, we learn how to speak. We learn how to cut across the din of selfishness and smallness with a song of salvation that that is as unique as each one of us. Like this man, each of us has an experience where God has taught us how to speak. It might not be as dramatic and bizarre as this one, but if we reflect deeply, we can discover how God has opened us. You see, be open wasn't just an invitation for that man 2,000 years ago. It's an invitation to each one of us in this room. Every one of us stands in need of renewal and grace. Each one of us is in danger of forgetting to sing this new song. Each of us is invited to consider how God has been at work in your life. Be open is hearing abundance when the world claims nothing but scarcity. Be opened is possessing hope even when we have every reason to despair. Be opened is believing God and believing in God when the whole world is increasingly devoid of wonder. Be opened is honoring the stories and experiences of others even and especially when we're told to be afraid of them, to hate them, and to deny their humanity. Be open is experiencing the goodness of God and like this man to be completely incapable of not sharing it with everyone we meet. If you're struggling to sing these songs, if you're having a hard time finding your voice, I want to invite you to be opened, to hear of God's love for you. Yes, you 
to hear of God's devotion to you, to hear how much you matter. And eventually, if you keep listening to this song over and over again, you'll pick up the tune. And if you allow yourself to, soon you'll be unable to keep it to yourself.